Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Tiffany here from Swish, and I want to talk about being a problem solver. In my classroom, I'm always telling my equal firsties to be problem solvers. In first grade, that's one thing, but in adult life, it's a whole other. It can be really difficult to train your brain to go into a problem-solving mode. Maybe you don't even know where to start. It's a challenge that we all face in life. But when you learn to better help your brain find solutions, it's truly a great feeling. And if you've ever been thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. BetterHelp is convenient, it's accessible, it's affordable, and it's all online. And on top of that, they match you with a therapist just by filling out a brief survey. So when you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com swish today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash swish. Welcome to Swish and Flick, an all-Potter podcast. Swish and Flick, everyone. The Swish and Flick. Hello and welcome to episode 89 of Swish and Flick. I'm Tiffany. I'm Megan. I'm Katie. I'm the lady who hates saying her name. <laughs> this episode <laughs> is sponsored by Joanna Lino. Thank you, Joanna. Thank, Thank you. you. Oh, that was so good that time. (laughs) All right. Today we will be discussing chapter 18 of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, The Weighing of the Wands. So make sure you've read that chapter and you're ready to climb that rock wall into all these details. (laughs) One would say this might be a heavy chapter because it's a way It's been weighing on my mind. (laughs) (laughs) So let's go get some really cool, really expensive weekly profit news. So, uh, everybody, (laughs) I didn't say all right, so you can't laugh at me. I Well, you just did. Well, every year, Hallmark comes out with their keepsake ornaments, and they always have at least one Harry Potter ornament, but they've been doing, like, a series every year. Like, last year, I think there was three or four that you could get, and this year, they're stepping it up even more. So they announced their (laughs) new keepsake collection, and they have three, four, they have six five five ornaments and one tree topper that you can purchase but what's super cool is they okay so first of all they're continuing their tradition the past couple years of doing another storefront and diagonally so we're getting and i'm not saying but i'm saying i called it weasley wizard wheezes um and then they're also doing the they kind of started a series last year with the um, Sorcerer's Stone ornament. So Chamber of Secrets is coming out this year for the anniversary. Um, and then last, lastly, there's this series that is coming out. So it's called Harry Potter Collection Hogwarts. Harry Potter Collection Hogwarts Castle Musical Tree Topper with Light. 
but then it integrates with these three other ornaments that are Harry, Ron, and Hermione. So Harry, Ron, and Hermione connect to the castle, like, through a cord that I'm sure is extra money. I have no idea. (laughs) But it connects them to the castle. The castle on its own will play Hedwig's theme and do a light show, like, in your room. Like, the castle lights up, but it also projects lights, like, all over your room. If you connect Harry, Ron, and Hermione, it will do three different shows that you can't do without Harry, Ron, and Hermione. Of course. Yeah. And it comes with a remote. My like, God. it's legit. So, uh, the tree topper comes in at a whopping $119. And then each Harry, Ron, and Hermione ornament, I think, is like 30 So, for the entire thing, you're looking, you know... 200 bucks. Yeah. That is like, I mean, yeah, I'll buy it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, just kidding. I actually, I don't have that kind of I'm buying it. And I put it on a keepsake wish list and sent it to a store already so they can call me when it's in stock. So, are they coming out with these or announcing these things rather because of like, do they have like a Christmas in July sale? They always just release their, like, yearly keepsake ornaments in July for whatever reason for, like, the following year. I don't think, because these are coming out July 13th, so it's a little bit before, quote, Christmas in July. But they always release them in July every single year. Last year, they they released, like, the Niffler, Sorcerer's Stone, Honey Dukes, Mm -hmm. all those good ones. So, new year, new ornaments, and I'm pretty psyched. Yup. Yeah. I mean, I... Does it do any other colors? I see green and blue. I think it's, like, a whole show. Like, a whole light show. Like, what they do at Universal? Is that what you're telling me? (laughs) (laughs) So, it said... Let me me read it really quick. Just... It's, like, not the whole thing, but just a little bit. It says, um, plug it into the included power adapter for constant illumination, and then press the button either on the included Hogwarts Crest remote control... Or on the back of the tree topper to start a sound and light show scene featuring music from Hedwig's theme. Um, connect one or more Harry Potter storyteller ornaments, which is Harry, Ron, and Hermione, to unlock additional exclusive performances from Sorcerer's Stone that you can't access with the ornaments alone. Storyteller interactive light and sound Christmas tree topper connects to a power deck adapter to see continuous light. And then the show starts when you hit the button. It's crafted by Orville Wilson, who is the guy who has done all of the Diagon Alley pieces the past couple of years. His stuff is really beautiful. Um, but, yeah. Um, it doesn't give me, like, more colors, but I they, they did this, I think, last year or two years ago with a Mickey Mouse, and it was, like, a legitimate projection show, like, in your room. Yeah. It seemed really awesome. I need this to be my nightlight. You know, Katie and I have a pretty legit Harry Potter Christmas tree, so, like, I feel like I would do a disservice to everybody if I didn't buy it. (laughs) That's actually exactly what I was thinking. (laughs) (laughs) Like, we already have such an extensive, like, Harry Potter ornament collection, we have to buy all the pieces, so... You don't need to convince me. I know. I already sent the order to the store. (laughs) I mean, I told you that. We're getting all of them. That's Hashtag your entire Christmas, Katie. You're getting nothing else. That's fine. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, they're so beautiful. I just love them. They bring me joy. It's time for the ra 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 recap. That was so like elevator announcer. 
That's what I was going for. <laughs> level one. <laughs> Wait, what's the Department of Mysteries level? I don't know. Department of Mysteries. Mysteries. Department of Mysteries. <laughs> I <Recap> like turtles. <laughs> 89. <laughs> All right. No, 88. 88. Hold on. Right. I do have something to add. The tree topper is nine and a half inches tall, and it really upsets me that it's not nine and three quarters. Hey. I agree True. with you. They should have thought of that. Someone dropped the ball. Come on, Orville. What you doing? Way to go, Drop Orville. Oh. <laughs> he probably just needs to add a little popcorn kernel to the top. My God. Get it? Yes. I'm like Orville Redenbacher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the door's over there. <laughs> the door's over there. <laughs> we don't have a door to our room, the so nice try. Always over there. Okay. Downstairs. <laughs> Here we go. Recap. It's decided Harry has to compete in the Triwizard Tournament. Dun, dun, dun. Something about some binding magical contract or something. I don't know. So Madame Maxime and Karkaroff are furious. They think Hogwarts just wants more glory. But like, okay guys, you go fight dragons, breathe underwater for an hour, and fight your way through an enchanted maze. Just saying. Also, hashtag spoiler. Step down. <laughs> the champions get the rundown of the rules and are sent off to bed. The Gryffindor common room explodes with cheers when Harry gets there. He's in no mood to celebrate. Um, and he can't wait to see Ron for some peace and sanity, but uh, his BFF doesn't want to see him. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, Ron. Gosh. Are you ready for it? <laughs> So Harry takes a walk with Hermione, who has some wise words for him. He sends a serious letter. And it seems like Harry it's Harry versus the rest of the world, minus a few people in his corner. After a few horrible days, Malfoy really pushes Harry's buttons, and it stinks. (laughs) (laughs) Some would also say that Hermione gets involved in it, and, you know... Sinks her teeth into it. Oh, my. <laughs> I thought about that on the way here, so I knew I had to put it in. <laughs> <laughs> you would never cease to. Oh, gosh. So, Potion gets interrupted, thank the Lord, for Harry, because he needs to see a guy about some wands. <laughs> Harry gets interviewed by a beetly woman named Rita. Rita! Uh, Do you just burp, or was it you saying Rita? I said Rita. Oh. <laughs> the like four champions... They have their wands inspected and their pictures taken. And then we end on Harry getting a serious reply. Dude. Finally. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed that. I know you're like on the run and stuff, but let's go. He's not really that far though now, is he? Nope. For them tropical voids. They gone. Making fruit loops. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, guys. So. I didn't say the other one. Oh. <laughs> We're cutting bad. it down. We're slimming down. Wait, before Tiffany starts, mm-hmm. did I already say this? Because if not, it should be a drinking game. Every time one of us says, all right, or so, or all right, so. You're going to kill the listeners. Oh, <laughs> all right, so is a double Two seconds shot. in the book, oh, I just took five shots. Right. <laughs> all right, don't so do it if you're going. underage. <laughs> don't, don't drink underage. What? I didn't say a word. I don't know what I just said. No wonder we'll drink and drinking. underage, so I don't know. Be responsible, humans. Uh, take your shot of pop, little kids. Okay. So. <laughs> Here we go. Harry woke up feeling miserable and worried um, because he's thinking about the night before. So he tears back the curtains of his bed, and he is fully intending on talking to Ron, 
to force him to believe him about the cup, but alas, the butthead was not oh there. Oh my god! <laughs> I don't know if that word's allowed. Uh, it is, because this is my basement. <laughs> so Harry dresses and goes down into the common room, and then on to breakfast. As soon as he got down to the common room, though, applause broke out, and this made Harry not keen on the idea of going down to the Great Hall for breakfast. He doesn't want any of this. So it was either stay there and be uncomfortable or go to the Great Hall and be uncomfortable plus hungry. <laughs> Wait, that was opposite. Yes. <laughs> stay and be under... uncomfortable and hungry or go and not be hungry Correct. but uncomfortable. Correct. I meant what you stood, Tiffany. Katie. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for understanding me. You got it. So, so the creepy brothers were starting to corner him so he thought it better just to go down to the Great Hall, because that would be better than having to deal with the Creepy Brothers. So, looking at your notes, because you've abbreviated Great Hall to GH, makes me think of General Hospital. Just a fun side note. So, so it's hard for me to look so at So, Harry's going to go have breakfast at the General Hospital. <laughs> I don't know, it's very dramatic over there. Something, <laughs> might cra- something crazier might happen there than in his own real life. Oh my gosh. Um, luckily, Hermione shows up with a stack of toast. And she offers a walk. And I said, this, <laughs> she is the real MVP because she just knows her friend so well that she's like, gets up, knows he's not going to want to deal with this. So she grabs some toast and meets him. I love like, that. That's a good friend. Yeah, yeah. for sure. It's a quality friend. All right. Dang it. <laughs> it's a quality pooch. A quality pooch. It's thinking. a quality herm. <laughs> she's more of a cat. So, a oh, that's a quality oh, feline. I'm that's saying that to Ted all the time now. Oh my god, that's a new thing. Yeah. Hmm. Teddy, you're I have quality feline. He's not up here. He heard quality me. oof. <laughs> <laughs> they head out for a walk and they make a beeline for the lake. The Dwormstring ship was moored in the lake and it was a chilly day. So they kept it moving and they munched on their toasties. <laughs> <laughs> Harry was then telling Hermione what happened after... He left the Gryffindor table last night. That's what I'm going to read from chapter. Also, did you know that toasties are actually a thing and not like a fun word to say about toast? Yeah, actually like grilled cheese. Well, it's a book I read in Halloween. It's like there's four little ghosties munching on their toasties, (laughs) telling big boasties. It's a a book! You can tell that she's a teacher to little kids. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So Harry tells her what happens, and Hermione says, quote, Of course I knew you hadn't entered yourself. She said that when he'd finished telling her about the scene in the chamber off the hall, the look on your face when Dumbledore read out your name, but the question is, who did put it in? Because Moody's right, Harry. I don't think any student could have done it. They'd never be able to fool the goblet or get over Dumbledore's. And we find out Ron's jelly, not with toasties. (laughs) But we don't know what he had for breakfast that morning. He might have had jelly on toast. Hermione's like, isn't it obvious? Like, he's jealous. And Harry absolutely wants nothing to do with this. So it, like, makes him even more mad that Ron is jealous of this. Yeah. So there's a very interesting article on Pottermore. Aww. Titled, Six Times Ron Weasley Was (sighs) a Bit of a Git. And they used the worst picture of him. Oh, I like need to open this. Goblet. <laughs> it's from Goblet. And he just, he's a frowny puss. Oh, I hate that picture. Frown upside down. So there's a couple of different times. So 
um, the first time he makes Hermione cry. Um, that time he stole his dad's car. I, like I don't the think last... he makes the I think that's invented. <laughs> the last sentence of he stole his car is what a plonker. and then the third one down is the time he got really jealous of Harry during the Triwizard Tournament so I'm just going to read it because it's pretty short it says maybe it was the hormones or maybe it was because things had started to get a a bit more complicated at Hogwarts but Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire was a pretty special year for fans of Ron being the worst (laughs) (laughs) one of the best examples was his reaction to Harry being mysteriously chosen for the Triwizard Tournament Ron not only refused to believe his best friend's protest that he had not put his name into the Goblet of Fire, but then proceeded to act like a petulant and jealous idiot. This is quoted, (laughs) not my words, rather than support Harry in this time of great stress. This, to a certain extent, was understandable. It can't be easy to be constantly overshadowed by your best friend, one of the most famous wizards that ever lived. But boy... Ron did not handle that particular situation very well. There's also that other time you made Hermione cry. Oh, that <laughs> one is the worst, in my opinion, but that's for another we'll chapter. Get, we'll get to this in later books, but that time he pretended to be unconscious instead of just breaking up with <laughs> Lavender. Oh, yeah. <laughs> such, a, such, a, such a terrible thing. I mean, I've had my friends text guys for me. <laughs> You're a coward. That's why you're not. I mean, I've grown up now, but that was years ago. Yeah. So it says, and finally, the time he stormed off during a hugely important quest, and I'm ready for that one in a few years. I'm just gonna say this: I'm an advocate for Ron. I'm gonna stand in this court. I'm not saying that he is right in this at all, but they both have wrongs. You know what I mean? Him and Harry. Then you talk to each other. Communication is key. Sure. But what about the initial reaction? But also, Hermione didn't say anything until the next day. Yeah. Where was she to be seen? At least she showed up with toast. Toasties. For their ghosties. <laughs> I gotta find that. They were probably I'll find, moldy. I'll find it when somebody else is reading. And I'll read it to you. It's just a quick little... Yeah, quick I mean, look. no. I, I will say he was completely in the wrong. But you also, like... people. Here's the thing. People just vilify him for it. But you also have to think these are kids. Like, they're going to learn from their mistakes when they were kids. Yeah, but it still stinks. Well, I completely agree. All I'm right. just saying. Just as long as you agree with me on that point. Sure. Thanks. Here we go. So just Harry's very angry. At... <laughs> Listen. <laughs> we act like we're married as well. <laughs> I don't know who he is. Oh, you're a we. No. In this. <laughs> Back to the book. Harry... People, if they don't know us, are literally going to think we're, like, together. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Harry is very angry at the idea of Ron being jealous. Um, Harry feels like he's going to make a fool of himself in front of the entire school, and he doesn't want any of this, and there's no way out. He's feeling very, very trapped. So, Hermione says, Look, it's always you who gets all the attention. You know it is. I know it's not your fault, she added quickly, seeing Harry open his mouth furiously i know you don't ask for it but well you know ron gets all those ron's got all those brothers to compete against at home and you're his best friend and you're really famous he's always shunted to one side whenever people see you and he puts up with it he never mentions it but i suppose this is just one time too many harry's like great really great 
I just feel like I feel both of them. Like it just mm. it just stinks. Like I I you know kind of like what Sarah's saying. Like I I understand both sides of this whole rift right now going on between them, but at the same time, like it's hard because you have to remember he's only fourteen. But like you you would hope and wish that he would understand and realize that Harry doesn't ask for any of that. Yeah. But I think that in time he learns it, it just takes him a long time to learn it. But it takes Ron a lot, a long time to, like, overcome and learn about a lot of things. That's just kind of his personality. Yeah. Well, I think, too, with Ron is that he is so used to people telling, like, his older brothers, like, they're so great at this, this, and this. And then telling Harry, you know, you're the chosen one. You're this. You're so great. You're so whatever. Where he might not get all of those things as much. Even though he there's great attributes about him, he probably doesn't see them in himself. You know what I mean? So that's also part of his issues that he needs tissues for. Yeah, there's a lot of tissues. <laughs> um, and Harry pulls out this line. People, what is that? Gopping? Gaping? Gopping? Gopping. Yeah, it's just a weird word. It is a weird People word. People gop, gopping at my forehead everywhere I go. And I say that makes my heart hurt. And then we discussed scars in the wizarding world and magical medicine. Um, in an episode, whoa, yeah, that was that with was Bev. That was, that was the first Moody Felix file, actually. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. So we were talking about how scars are like super rare in the Wizarding world because usually, um, the things that will would like give a Muggle a scar, like a cut or something, can't be cured by a Muggle. But if you were a wizard and you were to get cut you can just heal it with magic because it's like a muggle injury. So this scar that he has is caused by dark magic. So it can't go away. So it's like number one, how we got it was extraordinary. But number two, it's like, that's a scar in the wizarding world. You just don't see it. Right. So, um, Ron will get some. It's okay. (laughs) Yeah. We'll get a lot of them, unfortunately. (laughs) So Harry before was like, you know, tell him I'd swap like anytime he wants so he doesn't have to do the tournament. And Hermione's like, hard no, I'm not telling him anything. You need to talk to him yourself. <laughs> Harry responds, I'm not running around after him trying to make him grow up. And I said, breach, son, you shouldn't have to. So yeah. just, I'm glad that it just w- was let be and time kind of helped fix mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. Hold on. Hermione just needed to tell him that she is not an owl. <laughs> I actually really liked that line from the movie. That that line is kind of a movieism where I was like, that was a good interpretation of it. Like, I yeah. think that that, you know, it's witty. It was funny in the moment. And I liked it. Yeah, I agree. It was good. Um... So Harry yelled that last line so loud that several owls in a nearby tree took off because they were so alarmed. <laughs> <laughs> And Hermione then mentions that she's been thinking, and I said, well, that's new. And she said that when they get back to the castle, they need to write to Sirius. She says, write to Sirius. You've got to tell him what ha- what's happened. He asked you to keep him posted on everything that's going on at Hogwarts. It's almost as if he expected something like this to happen. I brought some parchment and a quill <laughs> out with me. Always at ready. Right? Like a Girl Scout. Oh, I don't know if that's their thing. I know Boy Scouts thing is be always be prepared. <laughs> I don't know. Is, is that what Boy Scouts? Do? She just said she's like always be prepared. <laughs> <laughs> that's a Vulcan sign. Always be prepared. I can't do it. 
this. I can't do Live it. Live long and You're prosper. You're doing it. You're currently I know. doing it. No, but like I do it like that because I can't. Well, it's, it's all the same. All right. I didn't say the second one. Harry doesn't like the idea of writing to Sirius because he doesn't want Sirius to get caught. He knows that it's bad news bears if he told him. And it's a big deal that Harry was entered, but Harry doesn't know that it's like a bigger deal than all these other adults might think. And deep down, I think Harry knows that it could be like potentially something dark, but I don't think he's there yet. His spidey senses haven't kicked in. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know how um, all these adults, like as soon as he tells Sirius, Sirius, Sirius's radar is like, up and it's because he's experienced like the first war you know what right. i mean yeah, so I shady stuff like this and weird stuff like this went down a lot and i'm sure like that's why his antenna goes up well and i'm gonna go off of that saying like not only was he part of it like he was in the thick of it where some mm-hmm. other people would have could have been like on the outskirts so they like <clears throat> saw some effects of it but he i mean was in it yeah. You know, in the in the eye of the storm, all that stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Hermione goes on to say, Harry, this isn't going to be kept quiet. This tournament's famous and you're famous. I'll be really surprised if there isn't anything at the Daily Prophet about you competing. You're already in half the books about you know who, you know. And Sirius would rather hear it from you. I know he would. I mean, I like that her spidey senses are up, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. I think that, I think that this moment is kind of, um, it's almost like an introduction to how well they work as a team. Yes. And I, I almost kind of wonder if like this whole situation in Gobble to Fire is foreshadowing to Deathly Hollows. Like right now, Harry and Hermione. Um, like Ron is out of the picture right now. Harry and Hermione are learning how to work together. Hermione is teaching him how to do like the summoning charm. You know, she's going to like go on and help him all the way until Ron opens his eyes and then comes back into the picture and all is well again. And like, I feel like it's, it's like a direct correlation to Deathly Hallows. I like that. I just want to say to that, Yas Queen. I did not think of that. And that makes me really happy. Anything that I can tie into seven yeah. gives me like oh, you're gonna a be, lot of joy. You're gonna be excited because I have Do things. you? Yeah. I wanna things. pull I I wanna pull everything I can to seven. Yeah. Like as we go through book. these last few books, I need to pull everything to seven. Yeah. I think this yeah. book is where it really starts happening. Like three yeah. is when things started connecting in the beginning to then. Mm-hmm. And like mm-hmm. now is when looking back, you can connect things to the future now. Yeah. I love I her. I really like, I like that, Megan. That was really good. Joe. I tried. Ah. Harry agrees to write to Sirius and he tosses his last piece of toast into the lake to the giant squid. And he got a little schnecksky. <laughs> They decide to make their way to the owlery to use another owl besides Hedwig. And I say, ooh, she's going to be mad. (laughs) (laughs) So Harry sits down to pen or quill his letter. Dear Sirius, you told me to keep you posted on what's happening at Hogwarts. So here goes. (laughs) I (laughs) I don't know if you've heard. But the Triwizard Tournament's happening this year, 
And on Saturday night, I got picked as fourth champion. I don't know who put my name in the Goblet of Fire, because I didn't. <laughs> the other Hogwarts champion... <laughs> we is, shouldn't sit next to each other when we're recording. ...is Cedric Diggory from Hufflepuff. Hope you're okay in Buckbeak. Harry. So <laughs> cash. Obly. Basically... He wants to tell Sirius about the weight of anxiety that he's been feeling, but he can't seem to find um, the words to write down. And I said that breaks my heart because he wants to confide in him, but he isn't exactly sure how. Mm-hmm. I think that, I... like, this, not to cut you off really quick, but, like, oh, I, I think that this uh, this book really shows us how, almost how a relationship with James would have been with Harry um, but because Harry has been conditioned his entire life to, like, never talk about anything with anybody who would be considered, like, a guardian, that he almost feels like he's being a being a, a burden, burden on Sirius, even though, like, that's not the case. But to him, right. he's being a burden because he's never had somebody like this to go to where he can just dump these feelings on and, like, have no repercussions. Right. It, it's just new to him. Oh boy. Hashtag Dursley suck. Right. Hashtag I wish Sirius didn't die. Yup. <laughs> True. <laughs> Hedwig goes right at Harry's side and she is ready for her next outing when Harry breaks the news and she is upset. And I said, this hurts my heart. And she hoots loudly and her talons cut into his shoulder and with her back turned to him, and the whole time he is setting up the, the other bar now, and I feel so bad. Harry goes to apologize, and she clicks her beak and flies off, and I just want to yell, life is too short, Hedwig. Ooh. Love your oh, boy. Oh, Tiffany, you went there. I'm sorry, it just makes me sad. Don't fight. <laughs> Harry says, this isn't my fault. Like, I feel so bad. He's, like, so... Harry's so desperate at this time, and, I, and it just really hurts me. Yeah. So with no longer being able to avoid the rest of the school, Harry has to make his way back to his lessons, and he's not able to forget the fact that he is the fourth champion. And nobody else did either, <laughs> and they are not nice. Katie, the puffs were cold toward him <laughs> for stealing their champion's glory. And it said, quote, Puffs rarely got any glory. Third or nothing. That's right, baby. Just saying, Ernie, all my Puffs should still be nice. Right? There you go. There you go. Be nice. Don't be jelly like Ron. Be like Hermione. Don't be jelly. Get together and fill your belly. Oh, my (laughs) God. (laughs) Can that be the episode? <laughs> I don't even know exactly what you said, but someone needs to type it at the top. All right. I don't know what she said either, but I laughed. I almost said I laughed. I'm I so tired. Ernie Mack and Justin Finch Fletchley didn't talk to him the entire time they were repotting bouncing balls at the same tray. I said, awkward. <laughs> oh, hold on. You moved the thing. Sorry. Where am I? Okay. Ernie and Mac. then. One of these bouncing bulbs smacks Harry hard in the face and they laugh at him. Hey, maybe Harry shouldn't have laughed at Ron when his broom smacked him in the face, okay? This is payback oh, yeah. for year one. Movie version. <laughs> Shut up, Harry. <laughs> Hermione was doing her best to make pleasant, forced conversation. 
But even Professor Sprout seemed to be distant with him. Not okay. Yeah, that's not nice for a teacher to Yeah, do you it. can't be doing that. But, Come you know, this is Hogwarts, so. Snake. Hogging around, you know. After what was a grueling herbology class, he wasn't looking forward to, whoops, care of magical creatures. Forgot what that was short for. <laughs> Comp. Comp. Because they have class with the Slytherins, and this is the first time he would be seeing them since his name came out of the fire. And here comes Malfoy in all his glory. I hope you're ready. Ah, look, boys, it's the champion, he said to Crabbe and Goyle the moment he got within earshot of Harry. Got your autograph books? Better get a signature now, because I doubt he's going to be around much longer. Half the Triwizard champions have died. How long do you reckon you're going to last, Potter? Ten minutes into the first test? It's my bet. <laughs> he's uh, such a Malfoy. jerk. <laughs> Malfoy. Like, usually I'm just like, oh, he's such a bully. But, like, I'm not going to lie. Him in this part kind of made me laugh. Because <laughs> yeah. I can just see... Like, that snarky Malfoy. I can see Tom Felton's swagger. You know what I mean? I can just, yes. like... It's so easy to picture. God, he was <laughs> ten minutes. He was such house. a good Malfoy. He really was. Gosh, he just needs a good shower. I <laughs> yes. Somebody tell him. Okay, but just look into his eyes, and it'll all be okay. Like they are ice blue, beautiful. Ice. In today's class, they were going to take the scroots for a walk oh because God. they're killing each other. They just have a little bit of pent up energy, though. So the leash was to be fixed around the middle of the scroot, and Hagrid wants. Harry to come help him with the big one. So, Hagrid's real intention, though, was to talk to Harry. <laughs> You're uh... a champion, Harry. <laughs> Thanks, Hagrid. I didn't know. <laughs> but I have to read a little bit, though. So, Malfoy is like completely disgusted about the fact that they have to take the scroots on walks <laughs> because they're killing each other. Take this thing for a walk, he repeated in disgust, staring at one of the boxes. And where exactly are we supposed to fix the leash? Around the sting, the blasting end, or the sucker? <laughs> <laughs> Try and put it around the sting, Malfoy. See how well that goes. God, it just makes me think to back to the last chapter, or two chapters ago, maybe, where Harry's like, how's the scroots? And Hagrid's like, thriving! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like I feel like something that's something my dad would say about something that he's going on in his crazy gardens. I don't even know. Thriving. So Hagrid says, No idea who put you in for it, Harry. You believe I didn't do it then, Harry said, concealing with difficulty the rush of gratitude he felt at Hagrid's words. Of course I do, Hagrid grunted. You say it wasn't you and I believe you. And Dumbledore believes you and all. Wish I knew who did it. Or who did do it, said Harry bitterly. Like, just makes me sad. So, you know, during the class, every now and then, there was a loud bang and the screw would shoot several yards forward and that would drag the person holding the leash. Everything's fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. <laughs> but I like this last part because it's so incredibly true. Everything seems to happen to you, doesn't it? <laughs> Hagrid yep. says to Harry. But that's so true. Like, everything literally happens to Harry. I know it's a story, blah, blah, blah. Joe wrote it. But <laughs> everything happens to him. Poor oh, little guy. I just want to pet his little like, head. Why uh, is it always you three? 
Because that's how it's meant to be. Man, we are very, um, we're, we're poets who don't know it today. Oh, I know it. <laughs> I'm not above tooting my own horn. <laughs> toot toot! I could ring your own bell. <laughs> we have two bells over here. Oh, Technically no. three, but one is garbage. Like this one podcast. is garbage. <laughs> Sarah is garbage. Am I garbage and you're trash? Is it the other way? I don't remember. I think I'm trash. I think you are trash. <laughs> Tiffany trash. TT. That's oh, how you remember. Oh, that's easy. We took a, we took a quiz, so we literally these what? things. This is how taking a side note to talk about life and the environment. Okay. Why would you put two boxes inside of a bigger box? Because it's, it's like... a waste of things. Resources. It's, um, yeah. It's Emperor's New Groove. And then I put that box into another box. And, and then, then I mail that hand. box to myself. And when it arrives, I'll smash it with a hammer. <laughs> God, I love that movie. It is a All really, right. really good movie. Okay. So let's go. Oh my God. Um, I'm probably Hold gonna. On, on. We're crinkly. We're crinkly. All right, bells are out. Bells I'm are probably out. gonna sound a lot like Tiffany for part of this because, like, I just kept reiterating throughout all of my notes how bad I feel for Harry. Yeah. Right, so, so he says, like, he starts out by saying, "I'm just gonna read the the beginning of this little section. The next few days were some of Harry's worst at Hogwarts." That sentence right there makes me so sad because he views Hogwarts as his home. So, like, he for the first time in a long time, oh, I'll keep reading. The closest he had ever come, <laughs> the closest he had ever come to feeling like this had been during those months in his second year when a large part of the school had suspected him of attacking his fellow students. But Ron had been on his side then. He thought he could have coped with the rest of the school's behavior if he could have just. If he could just have Ron back as a friend, but he wasn't going to try and persuade Ron to talk to him if Ron didn't want to. Nevertheless, it was lonely with dislike pouring in on him from all sides. So, like, Mm -hmm. even with Hermione being the great friend that she is, like, there's still so much disdain everywhere towards him that I, like, feel, I can almost envision it as just being, like, suffocating. He, I, I don't know. And, again, like, I get, like, I know that both of them are being stubborn, and I, like, 100% get what Harry's feeling. You feel like you've done nothing wrong. You have someone's being mean to you because, like, you don't, you're not really understanding why they're feeling those feelings because they're jealous of something that they shouldn't be jealous of. Your best friend doesn't believe you or even seem to care about the things that you're going through, and, like, I just want to hug him. I just want to, like, jump through the pages and give him a hug and be like, I'll be your friend. Yeah. So... It makes me sad. But, um, so he expected the behavior that he's been receiving from the Hufflepuffs because he was stealing their thunder. And, like, Ernie Mac and Jay Finch Flinchley already said that to him pretty much. And, like, even Professor Sprout's already been cold towards him. So the next couple of days, like, he just kind of expected to get that behavior from the rest of the Hufflepuffs. And he always expects it from the Slytherins because, you know, healthy rivalry, right? <laughs> So, (laughs) he had hope, though, that the Ravenclaws would support him and Cedric. He was like, well, maybe they'll see the logic of it, right? Like, it wasn't his fault. Maybe they'll support both of us. But they almost all thought he did it more for fame. What about Cho? I don't know. Well, Cho, obviously, is all about him. 
What about Cho? I um, don't know. But even Hedwig wouldn't come near Harry after using a different owl to send his letter to Sirius, and he still hadn't heard from Sirius, so he was even feeling alone in that aspect because he wasn't hearing back from him. So they're in charms class and they're practicing summoning charms, but Harry was just like total rubbish at it, probably, and Hermione was right, because he just couldn't focus. His focus was on everything but lessons at this point. Um, But I think that this... Well, we know, I mean, I'm assuming that we know that, that them practicing summoning charms right now in charms is major foreshadowing for how the first task is going to go down. Um, and right. again, like, again, I feel like this is foreshadowing of Deathly Hollows with Hermione and Ron working together. You mean Harry? Hermione and Harry working, <laughs> working together to come up with a way to defeat the Horcruxes, because whenever they were alone, they were practicing together to figure out how to destroy the locket. So it was just a lot of, like, back and forth of them, you know, them training and figuring out which ones work and which ones don't, and brainstorming, and it just seems very reminiscent for me of what we're gonna see again in Deathly Hallows. Um, So after Charms was double potions, which obviously for Harry was always the worst, because it's double lessons with Snape, and they had potions with the Slytherins, so that was even worse. But him and Hermione get down there, and Malfoy is standing outside the classroom, and he has a new badge to show off. And it reads in luminous red letters that burned brightly in the dimly lit passageway. Support Cedric Diggory, the real Hogwarts champion. Woo, 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 woo! The real Hogwarts champion. <laughs> I just want to say it's pretty impressive that they fit all those words on a badge. I agree. I mean, that's a lot. I agree. Um, and none other than Malfoy is the one who's showing it to him. He pressed it to make it change to a glowing green color that says Potter stinks. And it flashes. So. I like that it flashes. I think that's very festive. It is quite <laughs> festive. I like the ones in the movie when it changes, it goes, oh. I know, yeah, the noise <laughs> and the sound effects. Like. Gosh, it's been so long since I've watched it, I didn't even remember that. <laughs> so also, you gotta think, like, it's pretty smart of Malfoy to be able to do that. It is. It's yeah. pretty clever that he was able to yeah. make those. See, Slytherins yeah. are cool. He's quite ambitious to come up with that. Do you think he, what's like the wizarding equivalent of Etsy? You could sell them on there. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I have to think about that. Maybe Etsy is a wizard thing and we're just being able to use the muggle side of it. Truth. So, Harry notices Ron in the hallway and he takes note that he's at least glad that Ron's not laughing at the badges, but he also notes that he wasn't sticking up for Harry either. Just kind of standing in the background with his new BFFs, Dean and Seamus. Dude, but honestly, like, let's think about this. What do Dean and Seamus think about Ron right now? Like, this this dude just, like, dropped his best friend and came to hang out with you because he didn't have anybody else to hang out with, and I then know. he'll drop out, like, you to go back to Harry. Well, that happened to me in high school because I had a friend that, I, I honestly, looking back, think she, like, purposely would start fights with me and my friends, so I would stop talking to them because she's like, when you don't talk to them, you hang out with me more. Yeah. Don't talk to any of them anymore, but yeah. Hi, man. What is that? There's like a family guy thing that's like, 
high school problems or something <laughs> like these problems matter they do at the time not in the long run though yeah. listeners in high school those problems Dude. don't worry about them nope they'll go away and um, i'm sorry that you have high school with social media yeah, oh god honestly. that sucks for you guys i know sorry. we said that before but that just that blows um so i just want to give a big old like forget you malfoy at this line because after he's showing off the badges he then goes want one granger i've got loads but don't touch my hand now i've just <sighs> washed it you see don't want a mudblood sliming it up he is a turd your hair is slimy enough for he's... everybody Malfoy. Ooh, like, this is obvious, but, like, he's just racist, and it makes me so mad. It makes mm. me so mad. Yeah. Yeah. Not yeah. Ma- Maybe, like, racist isn't the right word, but, like, prejudice. Yeah. Yeah. Incredibly yeah. prejudice. Yeah. Ugh, well, I mean, it's all he's father. been taught. I know. So, he, he like, grows up. He Blame does get senior. better. Um, so, Harry's oh, anger... So after he, like, says that to Hermione, Harry is pissed. He's like, uh, he immediately curses Malfoy, but Malfoy curses him at the exact same time, and Harry shoots Fernunculus, but it hits Goyle, and then Malfoy shoots Densaggio, which hits Hermione. So Fernunculus is known as the Pimple Jinx, and I pulled up the Wikia page... Dr. Um, Pimple Popper would love this. <laughs> right. Uh, it says Goyle bellowed and put his hands to his nose where great ugly boils were springing up. A boil for Goyle. <laughs> um, so the, pim- the pimple jinx or fernunculus is a jinx that causes a person to break out in boils when it comes in contact with their skin. The effects can be cleared by the boil cure potion. Um, That's very <laughs> simple. Yeah, right. Well, he's only a fourth year, so, you know, he's not no, going to know stuff that's the hard name to hear. Of it. <laughs> it was for a time a favorite of HP, who used it twice in his fourth year, um, and it had unpleasant side effects if it happened to strike a person in conjunction with the jelly legs curse, causing the victim to sprout small tentacles all over their face. I've never thought about, like, different curses combining to make other curses. Yeah, it says here, I think that, I think that, is this at the end of this school year? I don't know when this happens, but it says later, he later uses it on crab, which when combined with George Weasley's jelly legs curse, causes crab to sprout tentacles on his face. It says it happens in the 94-95 school year, so I'm sure we'll come up to it. I don't remember that, but. I vaguely do, but I don't. Um, so the okay. etymology of fernunculus is another term for, furuncle is another term for a boil, which is derived from the Latin word furunculus, which means petty thief. So mm. hmm. there's that. There's that. Pimple stealing real estate on my face. Yeah, for real. So then we have densagio, which causes teeth to elongate at a rapid pace. And this is the one that hits Hermione. Um, oh, that picture. I know. The picture on the wikia is oh. sad. It wasn't Jeez. a pretty sight. Hermione's front teeth, already larger than average, were now growing at an alarming rate. She was looking more and more like a beaver as they elongated, past her bottom lip, towards her chin. Panic-stricken, she felt them and let out a terrified cry. 
Densagio is a hex which causes the teeth to elongate at a grotesque, alarming rate, and a shrinking charm can be used to counteract this spell. So Hermione's hit with the spell from Draco's wand, um, and the incantation is derived from the Latin dens, which means tooth, and agio, which translates to increase or grow. Densa agio. It's violet, violet. <laughs> Um, so, as I said, Harry hits Goyle, and I said, good for him, he deserves it, because, you know, he's Malfoy's crony, and I'm sure that he had something to do with the Potter Stinks badges, even though he's probably too dumb to actually help him with that. Uh, <laughs> and Snape comes out, yes. I need you to look <laughs> at the wikia for the, um, Densagio hex from <laughs> the, the Lego games picture. <laughs> I know. (laughs) The Lego games picture is a picture of Draco with, like, one of those glasses, nose, mustache deal things on. We'll be posting this link uh, throughout the week and also on our blog on our website if you want to take a look at that picture. Maybe we'll post that picture on our Instagram because it's definitely Gram-worthy. It's so (laughs) Gram-worthy. So Snape comes out of the classroom and into the hall and asks what all the noise is about, and he immediately just asks Malfoy. He wants nothing to do with Harry's story, doesn't care at all, immediately looks to Malfoy, and Malfoy says Potter attacked him. Um, And he hit Goyle. Snape, again, doesn't care that Harry's trying to interject, saying we attacked at the same time. So, like, yes, I'm in the wrong, but we both did it. So he sends Goyle to the hospital wing immediately, and then Ron interjects and says that Hermione was also hit. Snape looks at her and says, I see no difference. We've talked about this moment numerous times. We've brought it up a couple times. Definitely in the Great Snape debate, we talked about it. Like, this is not okay. This scene alone is probably what brewed my hatred for Snape a long, long time ago. I cannot handle this scene. I understand that, like, Snape gets better. I appreciate him in Cursed Child for sure. Like, but I can't handle him in this book. I can't handle him here. He legitimately makes me so angry. I can't believe a teacher would act that way towards a student, Harry Potter's friend or not. Like, it's ridiculous, uncalled for. I hate him here. Hate's a strong word. Using it here. Cannot stand him here. It's so bad. It's bad. And on top of that, he takes 50 points from Gryffindor, gives a detention to both Harry and Ron, who came to Hermione's defense, and it gives nothing to Draco or Goyle. Nothing. So, no one can get mad at me, but I need this to happen. If you're... (laughs) Because you're always like, oh, well... Would you have to see from this side? No, 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 no. Actually, I have no... Uh, no, here's my point. No, I have nothing to defend him with. So I want to know from the Snape people, because we know we've got Snapey Snapes out there. What say you? Yeah, I mean, like... I, I want to know. Like, I don't think that Do there's... you not condone this, or do you have a reason behind it? You can't tell me he's double agenting because he didn't need to do that. So... Right. I would just want to know what you have to say. I'm not going to argue with you. I just want to hear. And no one yeah. on the group can argue. If you do, I'll give you the boot personally. But just, I just want to hear what you have to say. 
It's going really, to get heated. But no I one's really, allowed to argue, I swear. I will kick you out of the group. I really don't think that there's a valid reason that anybody can give me. You're not a Snapey me. Snape. We gotta hear from them. I though. know, but, like, even, like, honestly, like, nothing that... <laughs> I'm shouting this out to the people who are going to respond to the post if they do, but, like, literally there's nothing you can say to me that will convince me that any of this scene was okay. I just want to hear. I just want to know. And if they have nothing, say you say you've got nothing. It's okay for you to say, like, I'll tell you when Dumbledore's being a yeah. you-know-what. Like, I, I, yeah, I mean, love I him, love Ron. But... He's one of my favorite characters, but, like, he just makes me so angry in parts of this book. I just want to shake him. I'll tell you when Remus is wrong. <laughs> oh, because there's the plenty wrong. of times. Oh, and he is wrong. You can even say that about Molly. Like, later on in yeah. this book, she makes me, like, crazy mad. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sure. yeah. Oh yeah. So just I I just want to hear what people have to say because no character's perfect. No, that's what oh. makes this so great. That yeah, that's what makes these stories as good as they are. That these characters are so real, and that we can have these conversations and like legitimately have healthy debates about what we like or dislike or what we are for or what we are against. But I'm just saying as an adult looking back at this scene you ain't no adult true dad true <laughs> my You're age my age tells me i'm an adult unfortunately but uh, looking no, back no, the, at none this none of this is real it's just I, this makes me mad yeah it, and, it, it really is garbage and trash it's both it's both and i'm <laughs> so with harry here he legitimately thinks about casting the Cruciatus curse on Snape here. You know, I bet if he would have done it, he would have been full. I bet it would have worked. It would have zapped him. Yeah. Not as hard as it zapped Bellatrix in five, but yeah. I bet it, it would have worked. It would have because his anger was like, it yeah. was so warranted. And, you know, it's just ridiculous what Snape pulled. Snape also makes it pretty clear <laughs> here that he plans to poison Harry at the end of class. So. Can't wait. Yep. Yeah, dude. Oh my god. Let's just let's just everybody just take some potions. I do have a question about that though. Like, how is that allowed? Because he has an antidote. <laughs> yeah, but like, what if you don't have the correct one because the kid messed up the potion? I don't know. Even if you have an antidote, <laughs> you're still going to experience, even temporarily, the effects of being poisoned. Right. So you're still Guys. inflicting hurt. <laughs> Truth. I don't know. <laughs> Not okay with any of the scenes. We're gonna be hanging people in the dungeons. God, I missed the screaming. Oh my, <laughs> oh my god, that was so good. Attention, dear Swishers. Adventure is out there. Why settle for ordinary chain store coffee when you can have an adventure in every cup with Expedition Roasters? Artisanal roasters of pop culture coffees. Now you can experience a little theme park magic every day at your home. Each theme bag features custom artwork by guest artists that make it perfect for displaying in your kitchen or office or anywhere you want. So, try one of our premium wizarding roasts like Booksmart Blueberry, Charming Chocolate Cherry, Cunning Caramel Crunch, or Big Hearted Butterscotch. All of our coffees are certified gluten and allergen-free, so start your coffee adventure today at ExpeditionRoasters.com and use coupon code SWISHFLICK15 to save 15% off your free purchase and brew your happy place y'all but also they have tea thanks thanks Tiffany my name's Tiffany and I like expedition roaster 
I'm, good. I'm sorry to anybody who hates when I talk like that, but <laughs> you're just going to have to deal. If they don't deal with it by now, then I don't know what to tell them. Yeah. And you have a, a stop button on your phone or car or wherever you're at. Yeah. <laughs> just turn it off. All right. Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible's offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. You can go to audibletrial.com forward slash swishflickcast and browse all of the audio programs, download a free title, and start listening. Audible content includes an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, and more from the leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, and entertainers. You can get all seven of the Harry Potter books, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, Quidditch Through the Ages, and more. I listen to all the Harry Potter books on Audible on my long drives to and from work, especially now that there's extra traffic on my drive, and I just get to sit there and add an extra 20 minutes onto my drive every day. Super fun. Every day. It's super cool. So, <laughs> go and sign up and you get a free audiobook. You can pick whatever book you'd like. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash swish flick cast. Good job. Cool. Thanks. You're welcome. Thanks, Megan. So here's Harry in double potions, right? <laughs> He's going to get poisoned. But Can't for once, wait. Colin Creevy, MVP, hero of the episode, comes to take <laughs> Harry to a meeting for all the champions. MVP. MVP. <laughs> and Snape, like, tries everything in his power to make sure that Harry has to come back at the end of the lesson. He's like, all right, like, fine, I guess you can go, but leave your bag. And then Colin's like, but, but, like, the champions are supposed to, and then he's like, fine get out of my sight yikes Ooh. snape you in a mood he's he's in a super mood though i wonder what's going on behind the scenes though i bet you he's like on edge from moody partially no excuses so these are what these snapey snapes are gonna come at me with like tell me what's going on behind the scenes yeah but... snapey explain his snapey senses Mm, I just saw mm-hmm. the, the Spider-Man movie, so, like, that is in my head. So, sorry, I'm going to keep saying it. Spidey senses. Spidey senses. It's so good, you senses. Harry senses. What are Potter senses called? Potter and don't senses. say Potter senses. <laughs> <laughs> I'll think of something. Lightning scar senses. I was going to say lightning something. Scar is tingling. I don't know. <laughs> my scar is tingling. <laughs> But I'm sorry. I'm so loopy. <laughs> You're fine. Okay. Go. Okay, so go. Harry. Harry gets out. Thankfully, and Colin's all like, "Isn't it amazing? You being champion?" And Harry's like, "Uh, yeah, real cool. Not really." <laughs> um, and Colin thinks that they're taking pictures for the Daily Prophet. Harry's thrilled because, like, wouldn't Ron? get a kick out of that because didn't he just say that the other night yeah mm-hmm. um so colin drops him off in a small classroom so the classroom had been mostly cleared some of the desks desks pushed together to make a long table for the judges to sit at there's a witch in magenta robes that harry had never seen before that echoed really weird in my ear <laughs> i think tiffany hit. i know <laughs> i wanted to be first <laughs> uh, bagman is stoked that harry's there so there's nothing to worry about. It's just the wand weighing ceremony. It's just to check that their wands are fully functional. And he introduces Harry to Rita Skeeter. Rita. Rita. So that's the lady in magenta robes. Um, quote from the book. 
Her hair was set in elaborate and curiously rigid curls that contrasted oddly with her heavy-jawed face. She wore <gasps> jeweled spectacles. The thick fingers clutching her crocodile-skin handbag ended in two-inch nails painted crimson. What? Crimson. No, I want you to be her for Halloween. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. I want to know. Wouldn't that be so good, though? Yeah. How, how, how does someone live life with two inch fingernails Ugh, I how, don't know. how do you do the what things like you that? need to do every day that's i know long. what you're talking about well, that's why she know. has a quick quotes quill because she doesn't have to type anything two okay, inches you, you might not have to type but you have to go to the bathroom <laughs> no, not if you're a wizard you know poo yeah, it out man i guess you just scourgeify that stuff mm. <laughs> That's the sound it makes. I just it's like taking a no Brillo pad. Oh, Ugh. that's kind of what I imagine it feeling like. Yeah, me too. So never mind. <laughs> Don't they have like I'll go a? The, I'll go the regular way. Down. Don't they have like a Charmin version of Scourgeify? <laughs> Enjoy the, the go, Mister Clean approach. <laughs> <laughs> Mister Clean magic eraser is like nice and soft. You do not use that on your butt. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying, that is a cleaning product. We do not endorse that you use it on your body. Katie. <laughs> Why can't joking. we have multiple episode titles? <laughs> you don't use that on your butt. It can't be an episode title anyways. We can't use that. Why? Truth. We do what we want. It's wow. just a booty. It's just a booty. <laughs> it went all the way down to, to a tush. <laughs> Everybody's got a booty. That's right. Even Judy. Even hey. Judy. <laughs> Not blown off. Yeah. It might be scarred. There might be a chunk missing out of it. We don't know. Could have been from the magic eraser. <laughs> Probably. Probs. Don't use that. We okay. get too frisky. I'm going to take a bite out of them. Oh take a bite out of crime. Rita Skeeter. <laughs> so here's her fact file off of Pottermore. Because I don't want to get, like... Too 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 in depth with her because we do do our do do our character yeah. analysis. So, but here's the fact file from Pottermore. So, birthday 1951. Someone somewhere out in the internet, like determined that her and Bellatrix Bellatrix Lestrange were born in the same year, which means they would be in the same year. So maybe they were in Slytherin together. Do I know need for them sure to be roomies? Like friends. I don't think so. Um. Is Narcissa older or younger? I don't remember. Is younger? No. I was, I was going to say older, but older. I don't know. Because I have it somewhere. <laughs> oh, so... Narciss this is your timeline? Yeah, Narcissa is born oh. in 1955. <laughs> Just for... <laughs> Tiffany's mind is gone. It's, it's not complete yet. Sarah, can you share it with us? <laughs> it's called... Harry Potter wibbly wobbly timey wimey stuff. I oh, love it. That's a thing from Doctor Who. Mm -hmm. That's why I call it that. But oh. it's not done yet. Like I have to go. I haven't hasn't. Wow, well, words okay. are hard because I'm yeah. real tired. I haven't really had time to look at it in the last couple of months. So to add things to it, but <clears throat> yeah, it's all in order too. I need this in my life. Yeah, we just need to print it out and make it your wallpaper. Tiffany in the basement. <coughs> right. Jesus, it'll be a long... Everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyway, sorry. I just wanted to know. No, I, don't ever must, be sorry It must be that. on Pottermore, because if I if I have a 
an exact date. I'll put that if not. I put a little squiggly line for about. I like Sorry, it. I can't wait on. to actually see it. Uh, Rita's skills are bending the truth, puncturing what she considered to be inflated reputations. Inflated reputations. Inflated reputations. Ooh, Rita Skeeter's got inflated reputations. Ooh. And she's heard about everything. Ah. <laughs> Because she's an illegal animagus. <laughs> oh! Um, so she uses her poisonous quill, and she can also turn into a beetle to eavesdrop on conversations with her skill as an animagus. Yes. I really appreciate that you just sat there and let me finish my song. Of course, it was brilliant. <laughs> no, you looked a little annoyed. You were like, is it over yet? I wasn't annoying. <laughs> did go on longer than expected. <laughs> I just let you it go. was an unexpected song. It was an unexpected song. In I a think Fortnite it was pretty expected. <laughs> I'm going to read the highlights from this other article from Pottermore, which is in defense of Rita Skeeter. There must have been something good about her, which I think maybe someone had pulled at one time, so... I'm just going to go real quick. She was genuinely good at her job, though, was she nice. Um, The beetle animagus thing was pretty clever. I mean, if you're going to be a journalist, that's pretty perfect, right? Crickets, okay. Yeah. Her writing was described as enchanting. (laughs) Enchantingly nasty, according to Abbas Dumbledore, but still enchanting, right? And she did sometimes stand up for what was right when she... Yeah. What helped out with... She helped Harry and yeah, Hermione. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and she did help Harry, though it was under blackmail oh, from wait, Hermione. The, the last point you were making, she did write... She wrote some pretty awesome articles during the Second War. Yes. That kind of were... She's the one who revealed that Bertha Jorkins had gone missing, and she was like... She wasn't scared. She wasn't holding back any of her stories that she was finding, which was pretty awesome in that time. Yeah. Honestly. Like, as annoying as she is, it's it's super cool that she was putting out, like, all of these crazy stories that nobody wanted to believe, but... But see, also, she did stretch the, tr- the truth so much that when she actually had a nugget I of know. gold, like, no one's gonna believe you because... Yeah. She's like the boy who cried wolf. Yeah. Yeah. You're the girl who cried beetle. <laughs> And uh, she had a unique sense of style, and her uh, <laughs> pen was cool, and she worked <laughs> in a Death Eater. So way to go, Rita. Awesome. You're sweet. She would have been a great Death Eater, though. She really would have been. She would have been, like, a bad like bad news bear for the good side if she was a Death Eater. You yeah. Know? Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah, she could... I could see her going real evil. Um, yeah. So I pulled some just like random fun facts about Rita since I wasn't gonna go like too far into like her actual character timeline or anything so um the Ministry of Magic has told Rita Skeeter exactly 514 times that they do not comment on top secret work at the Aura office <laughs> I believe this is a quote from Kingsley Shacklebolt so um her original name was supposed to be Bridget and she was spo- supposed to appear in the first draft of Philosopher's Stone she was supposed to be interviewing Harry at the Leaky Cauldron on his 11th birthday, but she was cut from that draft, and Joe wanted her to appear in fourth year when Harry's fame was starting to oppress him. Wasn't, like, wasn't that on display in New York? It was, it's, right. when I put this in here, I was like, this sounds like we've talked about it before. I feel like so I read it. Help me out. I feel like I read it. I think oh, that they... Oh, the thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't remember... I remember hearing about it, but I don't remember reading it there, but that doesn't mean anything. That's cool. Isn't it on 
But isn't it on Pottermore? Yeah, but I'm pretty sure that, like, the actual draft with her in it was framed for for us to oh, read. Oh, I don't know. We need like, a look, though. Like, Joe's handwriting yeah. written out part of the book, and it was talking about a Bridget trying to interview him. We need to find it if that exists. Yeah. Reed is so much better. I feel like every change she made is just, like, perfect. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. In the German audiobooks, Rita speaks with an, an American accent. All right. That, no, you know, that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. Are you Honestly. stereotyping us Americans over there? I'm stereotyping our media. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Um, so just kind of wanted to hear your thoughts on this. Just, I'm not on anyone's side. I just thought of it. But um, so although Rita has three gold teeth in the books... She I'm doesn't sorry. in it's okay. She doesn't in the film Goblet of Fire. Um, so Miranda Richardson, who plays Rita, and director Mike Newell both felt that they weren't right for her. With Miranda pointing out that gold teeth would make her appear unapproachable, so instead she chose to have a diamond in one of her teeth, saying it was the perfect embellishment um, for an almogam of sparkling brilliance and total hardness. So, thoughts on this. Where is the line between keeping what an author intended and then letting the actor or actress add their own flair to a character? Because they are taking it on. So, like, this is another point where I'm like, I have to look at the books and I have to look at the movies. I can't cross them. I I think the gold teeth perfectly embody Rita. Yeah. I feel like... um. It just reminds me of Jafar. Whoever has the gold mm-hmm. makes the rules. And then he smiles because he's like a snake. <laughs> yes. You know? That's so yeah. good. And Rita's like a snake to me. And as uh, as long as Joe was okay with it, then yeah. I'm okay with it. But like, I mean, and I get what they say, like sparkling brilliance and a total hardness. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> but like, I don't know. I... I venture to say I'm more disagreeing with the change, but if Joe is okay with it, then I guess I have to roll. Right. Would you say you were rolling with the changes? Yeah. I was gonna try and make a joke, but it... <laughs> thanks for doing it for me. Um. So it doesn't bother me, but here, here's my point. Um. I'm the type of reader where, <clears throat> and I've said this a million times, legitimately not a strong reader. I, but, like. I skip over things, so I'll forget by the time I watch a movie the details. Mm. So, like, I wouldn't remember that her teeth were gold. So, like, I don't... Things like that don't bother me when I'm watching a movie. Like, the bigger ticket items are the things that bother me if they're different or they've changed them. Like, My Sister's Keeper, for example. The entire <laughs> They changed the entire ending yeah. of that. Like, that made me mad. Why would you change the ending of the book? But whatever. Right. Like, so for these books, I, like Katie said, take them. There's the books and then there's the movies. So, like, it's just whatever. Like, Hermione's dress color changing. Like, it doesn't bother me. Yeah. Hunger Games, the hair color, people, whatever. Jen was very upset about it. I don't remember that, but the dress change bothered me. I I didn't remember. I didn't remember. I probably because the color didn't look right on her. I don't know. They said that the reason why. You can wear whatever the heck you want to wear. That makes me mad. When we went to the studio tour we did this special like behind the scenes thing with the costuming department and they talked specifically about Hermione's dress and how I think that Mike Newell wanted it to stay periwinkle I think it was supposed to be periwinkle right um but the costuming department put it on Emma 
and they said that it didn't look right with her skin tone, so they changed it to it, pink. She blended because, too much into the yeah, like the she movie blended too in much into it. So with the pink, well, it use made your stinking computer and change whatever you need to change. <laughs> Dumb. You want her to Dumb. change her skin color? No, change the effects of the movie. Oh my god! What did you have? Three minutes of a scene. <laughs> Get over it. <laughs> I mean, I, but like this thing, it doesn't bother me. I won't, that kind of stuff usually doesn't bother me either. I won't. Uh, agreed, because uh, like a color is a color, or whatever. But I don't think the that color holds significance, right? I don't think that's what bothered me so much. It's more like who knows the character more than Joe. I, <laughs> like I agree with that. That part, I'm like, I understand you're playing it, but like the reason for the change with Hermione, I can get behind. The reason nope. behind the change with Rita, I'm a little bit more on the fence with because like katie just said it was more of a decision that miranda richardson seemed to make instead of like like honestly saying like no i think that fits her character better and it's like but does it because (laughs) joe said that this does well doesn't um or didn't johnny depp say with the eye thing with playing grindelwald like that was just something like he thought of to like make him a little bit different Mm -hmm. yeah but joe was okay with it like yeah. they talked about it, I guess. So, like, I don't know stuff. Like, if if it ends up in the movie, I'll I'll say it like this: if it ends up in the movie, and it's a movie like that Joe is doing, I, I would assume that she okayed it. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. 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 For sure. Fair point. All right, back to uh, the actual book itself. Rita asks if she can have a little word with Harry before they actually get started with the Wang of the Wands, so she grabs him with her, quote, scarlet taloned fingers <laughs> and uh, steers, I know, and steers him to a broom cupboard. Okay. I never noticed this. In the film, Rita takes him aside for his little interview. Harry's like, we're in a broom cupboard, and Rita says he should feel right at mm-hmm. home. That's what a awful. Horrible woman. Mm-hmm. It's freaking terrible. I never caught that either. I know. I read that yeah. and I was like, "What?" Yeah, I remember watching the movie being because I don't think I remember her saying it and then heard it in the movie. I'd have gotten <laughs> up and left. Bye. That is a blue blue. Ugh. Anyway, so she sits on an upturned bucket. Harry gets a cardboard box, real cozy in there. And I'm just she... saying, if I sat on a cardboard box, I'd flatten that thing. <laughs> Well, maybe it's full. I guess. Uh, She's like, Harry, do you mind if I use a quick quotes quill? And when Harry's like, what? She's like, awesome. He doesn't (laughs) know we're using it. So a quick quotes quill is a quill that's enchanted to be set up on a sheet of paper without any human support. It's all magical, you know, wizarding world stuff. And when activated, um, it writes an exaggerated account of whatever is said in its presence. So it does not record verbatim of what the subject subject says, but rather takes the words and creates sensational and inaccurate tales that have little resemblance to the actual events that are going on. Um, so she carries an acid green, <coughs> quick quotes quill, in her crocodile skin handbag. Um, and when she wants to write, she sucks briefly on the tip and then sets it on a sheet of paper. And you can buy a quick quotes quill at the Wizarding World. You can. They look really cool. Probably wouldn't advise. You have to advise. stick it in your mouth. Yeah, Perhaps. I probably wouldn't advise doing that, but, you know. If you want to suck on a quill, get a sugar quill at Honey Dukes. So, testing out the quill, it says, Attractive blonde Rita Skeeter, 43, whose savage quill has punctured many inflated reputations. Do you think she's <laughs> actually 43? Or does it make her, like, no. younger or something? You know what I mean? She's not 43. 
I just think that'd be funny if like her and the Quill were so, like BFFs, you know? So they no, like I bet help it each is. other out. Yeah. So she starts to interview Harry and she's immediately asking like, so why'd you enter the tournament? And he doesn't even answer because the Quill's distracting him. So like he peeks over and it says an ugly scar, souvenir of a tragic past, disfigures the otherwise charming face of Harry Potter, whose eyes. And she's like, Harry, don't look at the Quill. Just ignore it. <laughs> so Harry for the billionth time is like I didn't enter I don't know who put my name in the goblet Rita clearly doesn't believe him um, she's like there's no need to like be scared of getting in trouble everyone loves a rebel everyone loves the a rebel, rebel Harry, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good line um, and again he's like I didn't enter so she switches it up she starts asking him about the tasks are you excited are you nervous um, have you thought about how champions have died in the past and the quill's whizzing across the paper behind them. And she's like, you know, you faced death in the past. How would you say that that's affected him? Like, is it the trauma in your past that maybe made you feel like you have to prove yourself to live up to your name? And Harry's like, dude, I didn't enter again. So she switches it up again. And she's like, can you remember your parents at all? How do you think they'd feel if they knew you were competing? Proud, worried, angry. So, quote from the book, Harry was feeling really annoyed now. How on earth was he supposed to, how on earth was he to know how his parents would feel if they were alive? He looks to the quill. Tears fill those startling green eyes as our conversation turns to the parents he can barely remember. So, the, the tone of this is drastically different from the book to the movie. In the movie, it's comical. Mm-hmm. He's like, mm-hmm. my eyes are not glistening with the ghosts of my past. But in the book, he's like, mad. Like I don't have tears in my eyes, you know what yeah, I mean. It's just right. really different. Yeah. So, saved by the Dumbledore, he opens the door. Right, opens the door of the broom cupboard, and Rita snatches up that quick coats quill super fast, stuffs it in her bag because it's not really, it's not really like a popular thing to use in the Wizarding world. It's frowned upon. Um. So she's like, did you see my piece in the paper about the uh, International Confederation of Wizards Conference? And Dumbledore's like, yeah, enchantingly nasty. I really liked when you called me an obsolete dingbat. And Rita doesn't even look abashed. She's like, oh, I'll just making a point on your, your old-fashioned ideas. No big deal. Before we go on, I want to ask the people that write songs for us to please write a song saved by the Dumbledore to the theme song. <laughs> Saved by the Bell. Thank I you. I thought of that when I wrote it, Wait, but I never. That's like the Batman. Oh my god! It's so late. It's like it's ten thirty, and we're like two hours past my bedtime. Literally is. And then I'm also going to apologize because I didn't type my notes up. Um, so I'm going to have to write, not write, read my own handwriting. And sometimes that's a struggle. It is not good. I will not. Lie. I tried hard because I'm like, Sarah, you're going to have to read this. Because I worked for three days straight and I had no time to type them up. So it is time to weigh the wands. So it can't start if one of the champions is being held hostage in the closet. Mm-hmm. So Harry's happy to get away from Rita because let's be honest, who wouldn't be? And the champions are sitting in the room with all the judges. Rita is in the corner. Dumbledore then introduces Ollivander to the group. Um, so he's there to inspect the wands to make sure that they are tournament ready. Woo, 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 woo. Up first is Fleur's wand. 
Sarah, I just want to say that's my one of mine and Meg's favorite things that you do. <laughs> oh, I'm 99% sure that my sister hates it. It's so funny. Like, she can't stand it. Like Especially it. with the finger guns. <laughs> Continue, I'm sorry. Let's get through your notes. So, Ollivander twirls her wand around in his hand like a baton, and it emits pink and gold sparks. Ooh, I like that. So, it's nine and a half inches, inflexible, and it's rosewood. Ooh. And then he was like, ooh, this core, and she says, the core is Vila hair from her grandmother. So then, Ron, or Harry, not Ron. Harry's like, ooh, I'll have to tuck that little nugget of knowledge away to tell Ron, and he's like, oh, wait, I'm not talking to him. Um, and then he uh, literally says let me find the quote because he is a little snarky wouldn't you say and he's like yes I've never used Vila hair myself of course I find it makes for rather temperamental wands however to each his own and if if this suits you so then he does like orchard orchardios and a bunch of flowers yeah that too a bunch of flowers burst from her wand and he's like yep it's fine working great um but i wanted to not ring a bell look up <laughs> what rosewood because i looked on pottermore it's not on um it's none of the it's not listed on all the wand woods so it's not an olivander one mm-hmm. well correct he didn't make it i'm just saying that he doesn't use them so i googled magical properties of rosewood and so um, it's a feminine nice. wood. And this is from projectfay.com. So who knows how legitimate this is, if I'm being 1,000% honest. But, but it says, a feminine wood which draws off the element of fire. It's mm. used for healing, spiritual rituals, and love spells. And I thought that was particularly interesting because she is a part yes. of It's excellent for divination and for scrying. Primarily feminine and highly spiritual and this is Bolivian rosewood boosts intuition and is an excellent healer for non-physical ailments. What's scrying? So, like, from what I believe, it's like if you're trying to find something, maybe. I'm going to be totally lying because I'm thinking about when they were scrying for people on Charmed. They'd, like, take a map and they'd have something of the person's and they, it would kind of help you find them. Mm-hmm. But I could be lying, so I mean, I'm going I'm... to uh, look it up. I could look it up. But... And I don't know how to spell. That involves... To, so scry just that word is the for, foretell the future using a crystal ball or other reflective object or service so I was lying <laughs> <laughs> and so it also says the woods energy is primarily feminine focused on spiritual intu- intuitive health and beauty again interesting with velas right. um, Bolivian rosewood is motherly spiritual and nourishing it t- lends a boost to an intuitive thought and feeling and is thus excellent in divination and scrying a healing wood rosewood can be used in all healing rituals as it's especially effective in spiritual healing it matters um, in matters dealing with beauty rosewood can be very effective carried or worn as a charm this wood will enhance feminine beauty and feminine grace it would be good for love spells as well, but not those conducted with maturity, but only those conducted with maturity and wisdom. Frivolous energy will not be enhanced by this wood. And I was like, that's super interesting. And I also wanted to say there's rosewood essential oils. And I guess they're attributed, their properties um, are analgesics, which is like a pain, um, pain reliever, antidepressant, antiseptic, and aphrodisiac. 
antibacterial, um, and a couple other things. But I thought that was interesting from the internet. It is interesting. Really and cool. then there's there's weird. nothing I I didn't really see much about um, wand cores with because we don't have anything on uh, Pottermore because the only ones are the ones that he uses. Um, but I thought that was interesting. I wonder if uh, Vila hair is temperamental because Vila's are like so temperamental, you know, like they're, yeah, yeah, like their personality just like changes in an instant. I wouldn't be surprised. And then I'm going to read from, I have the wand collection book that um, you can get and they have all three champions, all four, I guess they have Harry Potter, obviously, but it says Fleur de la Cour, Beauxbatten Academies. Of ma- wow, words of magic. I was going to say of music. <laughs> Student Fleur Delacour is the Triwizard Tournament champion of her school. Bobatan wands come out in grand style among the chic French boarding school girls. And like the uniforms worn by the girls who wield them, Bobatan wands are topped with a tasteful flourish. Fleur's wand is as elegant and, and graceful as she is. The handle curves with the flourishing spiral. A luxurious leaf wraps itself around the length of the tapering wand, suggestive of the edge of its a petticoat or a parasol. It's very pretty. It's very, very... It's very feminine. Yeah. Yes. They very sell very it at Universal. In case anybody right. cares. Not me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Done with that page of notes. I was just thinking, I do want to get a wand when I go down there, but I don't know who's... What did I... As well. I don't think... Oh, I got the one that chose me. I got really confused. <laughs> so, um, good old Cedric is next. So I'm going to read, um, cause he, he says, Mr. Diggory, you're next. So he says, ah, now this is one of mine, isn't it? Said Mr. Ollivander with a much more enthusiasm as Cedric handed over his wand. Yes. I remember it well, containing a single hair from the tail of a particularly fine male unicorn must have been 17 hands. I don't know what that means. Nearly gored me with his horn after I plucked his tail. Yeah, I'd probably try to gore you too if you plucked the tail from my... No, plucked the air from my head or tail or anywhere. Do you have a tail? Wouldn't you like to know? I would. Twelve and a quarter inches. Ash. Gigantic. Pleasantly springy. It's in fine condition. You treat it regularly? He said polished it last night, said Cedric, grinning. And so I'm gonna, um, again, read from, yeah, Megan. Um, 17 hands is, like, a measurement for, I think, how tall a horse is. That's, like, a measurement with horses. How many hands is Danny DeVito? I don't know. Half. (laughs) (laughs) That's so sad. I, too, am half. (laughs) Um, so, what did we say? His wand is ash. So I'm gonna read... From Pottermore. Good it's just luck reading Ollivander. The Ash Wand cleaves to its one true <laughs> master and ought not to be passed on or gifted from the original owner because it will lose power and skill. This tendency is extreme if the core is of unicorn, which we know Cedric's is. Old superstitions regarding wands rarely bear close examination, but I find that the old rhyme regarding Rowan, Chestnut, Ash, and Hazel wands. So Rowan gossips, chestnut drones, ashes stubborn, hazel moans. That's me, I'm hazel. Okay. Um, he says they contain a small nugget of truth. 
Those wizards and witches best suited to Ash wants are not, in my experience, lightly swayed from their beliefs mm. or purposes. I think that very much re- represents Cedric. Yeah. However, the brash or overconfident witch or wizard who often insists on trying wands of this prestigious wood will be disappointed by its effect. The ideal owner may be stubborn and will certainly be courageous, but never crash or er- crash, crass or arrogant. Which again, very well. I think is. Um, I don't know much about the stubbornness, right? But I think that he's very courageous, and I, you know, he doesn't seem arrogant mm-hmm. or crass. Like he just seems like a good old boy, you know? Yeah. Um, and then his core being unicorn. Yeah. So unicorn hair generally produces the most consistent magic and is least subject to fluctuations and blockages. Wands with unicorn cores are generally the most difficult to turn to the dark arts. They are the most faithful of all wands and usually remain strongly attached to their first owner, irrespective of whether he or she was an accomplished witch or wizard. Minor disadvantages of unicorn hair are that they do not make the most powerful wands, although the wand would make compensate. And that they are prone to melancholy if seriously mishandled, meaning the hair may, quote unquote, die and need replacing. Um, and I think that, I, I, I mean, I guess you can't really take in, or you should take in, um, Cursed Child. Because, you know, if you go back and turn time and you make a fool of Cedric, he turns to the Dark Arts. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, you know. Honestly, and then I I'm gonna that, read. Like people hate that po- that about Cursed Child, but like you never know what actions will do to somebody. True. I think it's a great yep. message. Yep. Yeah. So I'm gonna read from the wand book, and it says Cedric Diggory, Tri Wizard Tournament Champion. Cedric Diggory was a Hufflepuff prefect, distinguished seeker, and Quidditch team captain. This is actor Robert Pattinson states that a favorite scene during Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire was during the third task of the Triwizard Tournament in which Victor Crumb is under the Imperious Curse and attacks Cedric when Harry's in the middle of the crossfire. And we're both screaming at each other, telling Harry to get down and Crumb's screaming in Bulgarian. Sort of. I don't know what he's screaming about. Yeah. Cedric Swan is black-tipped Batten style, except it's a baton. <laughs> <laughs> Made from the same mold as Padma Patil's. Hmm. Is that how you say? Yeah, Padma Patil's. Wand, but lighter in color. It is etched with wheel-like designs and alchemical... That's not the word. (laughs) What do you say? Alchemy? But it's not alchemy, it's alchemical. And it's not alchemical. Alchemical! Um, With... Cedric talking about polishing his wand last night. Harry looked down at his own wand. He could see finger marks all over it. He <laughs> just funny to me. He gathered a fistful of rope from his knee and tried to rub it um, clean surreptitiously. Several gold sparks shot out of the end of it. Fleur de Lacour gave him a very patronizing look and he desisted. Oh, a thousand percent. Think of him like, oh, I gotta get this clean. Right. And he's like, oh no, now people know. Right. My wand is not clean. <laughs> All right, so then um, Alavander sends a stream of silver smoke rings across the room from the tip of Cedric's wand and pronounced himself satisfied. And then up next is Victor. Victor Crum. Crum. I love Crum. you. Victor, I do. Crum. 
So Ollivander immediately recognizes the wand maker as Grigorovich. So um, Hello. some fun facts, if you didn't know, now you do, about Grigorovich. He once owned the Elder Wand, and it was stolen from him by uh, Grindelwald, which I'm assuming we're going to... Oh, no, he already has it, doesn't he, in, the, in whatever those movies are called. He already yeah. has it. Yeah, yeah so. I, well, too, have the Elder Wand. <laughs> he does already yes, he, have it, because Abernathy yeah. has it in his hand at the top of Mekusa. Yeah. Yes. So we know that... Um, we see later on... Oh, yeah, your hand's up. Um... And got hold on what were we just talking oh grigorovich i was gonna say that foreshadowing again for deathly hollows because we're gonna learn more about how grigorovich you know ties into the story and this is i just think that there's so much that is just like sprinkled into goblet that is like direct correlation to deathly hollows Mm -hmm. so there's a whole fact file-ish kind of thing with grigorovich um, so we know later on in the book seven that he's pursued by Voldemort and ultimately killed because they're looking for the Elder Wand. But at that time, like, Harry has no idea what they're looking for. Um, and we know that he retired soon after Crumb bought his wand because he says, he was like, I was one of the last ones um, he sold one to. And um, in Deathly Hallows, Crumb says he was the best wand maker. So, um, I'm trying to think if I had any other notes on Grigorovich I wanted to say. We know he's a wand dude. Pretty cool stuff. But, like, it was <laughs> cool because, um, the, I was looking up stuff, um, and the, for Deathly Hallows, the scene where, like, they're talking about it, because I completely forgot that, like, Crumb went to Bill and Fleur's wedding, and um, they're talking about it because he brings up, like, uh, he's sitting there and he's trying to talk to Hermione and uh, Ron gets, like, jealous. So he literally says to her, he, like, come and dance. So he, like, takes her away. And then yeah. Crumb is like, oh, are they together asking Harry, who's, like, Polyjuice Potion to be Barney or Barry or whatever? Yeah. And he's like, are they together? He's like, uh, sort of. And then he was, like, asking him, like how he knows um, Xenophilius Lovegood because he sees the sign of Grindelwald on his chest because he's got the Deathly Hallows on his chest or whatever, like the necklace. Um, and then he talks about the the wand because he was like, how do you know like that's who made my wand? And he's like, oh, I think I heard about it or whatever. But then I like, <laughs> totally off topic, but I thought it was so funny because he literally says... Um, Choo, choo, choo. Where is it? I have to go down. He's a wand maker. Yeah, we know this. Retired. Oh, he goes, um, he goes, this girl is very nice looking. And Harry, like, sees he's pointing at Ginny. And he goes, is she also a relative of yours? And Harry's like, yeah, suddenly irritated. <laughs> She's seeing someone, jealous type, big bloke. You wouldn't want to cross him. Just <laughs> <laughs> me giggle. Because then he was like, what? He said, draining his goblet and getting to his feet. Is the point of being an international Quidditch player if all the good looking girls are taken? <laughs> <laughs> and it made me giggle. <laughs> all right. So, um, Crumb's wand is Hornbeam and Dragon Heartstring Core. And I just wanted y'all to know that so is Ollivander's. His own wand is Hornbeam and Dragon Heartstring. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's isn't neat. that cool? Um, 
And he sees, he's like, it's rather thick and it's quite rigid. Thick describes it. Like, because doesn't he? He literally, he's like, oh, it's like, like thick. Like a thick guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's 10 and one quarter inch length. And so I'll tell you the meaning of his wand and core. Yeah. Is um the design of crumbs like curved? The actual design? I feel like I remember. I feel like it's curved, which I think is cool. Kind of. And yeah. you know what? It looks like a bird. It does look like. It looks like. No, it looks like Nessie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. Shout out to Nessie. Nessie lives. Okay. I believe. I saw I believe it when we were I on the Hogwarts that. Express. I believe in Nessie. Yeah, she so, Hornbeam. And, like, when I was reading this, because I was reading it from a PDF on the internet on my phone, and I was like, does that say hornbean or horbeam? Hornbean. Beads. Bees? <laughs> Arrested development. So, <laughs> my own wand is made of hornbeam, and so it is with all due modesty that I state that hornbeam selects its life mate, the talented winter wizard, life with a mate. single pure passion, which some might call obsession, though I prefer the term vision which for Ollivander you would think his obsession wands. is wands with crumb it's quidditch. quidditch like it yes didn't we talk about this being a potential wand wood for moody yep I don't know I wasn't on that conversation oh I think we talked about it that could it. be a good idea because of his obsession with constant vigilance it was hard arts. because there there were so many that wands that Katie pulled up yeah him. Yeah. Um, so it says, well, so with the obsession, which will almost always be realized, hornbeam wands adapt more quickly than almost any other to their own or style of magic, and will become so personalized so quickly that other people will find them extremely difficult to use, even for the most simple of spells. Hornbeam wands, words, horn, it's such a, <laughs> wow. it's such a struggle for me to say it. Hornbeam wands hornbeam wands likewise <laughs> absorb their um, owner's code of honor whichever that might be and will refuse to perform acts whether it be for good or ill that do not tally with their master's principles are particularly fine-tuned and sentient wand cool beans I think and then with the core being dragon heart strain as a rule, dragon heartstrings produce wands with the most power and which are capable of the most flamboyant spells. Dragon wands tend to learn more quickly than other types while they can change allegiance if one from their original master. They always bond strongly with the current owner. The dragon wand tends to be easiest to turn to the dark arts, though it will not incline that way it's of its own accord. It is also the most prone of the three cores to accidents being somewhat temperamental. Um, which I like, I like the idea that like it is powerful, like for Ollivander, um, he needs a powerful wand if he's going to create wands, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so in the wand book, it says for Victor Crumb, Durham String Institute student and Bulgarian national Quidditch team seeker, Victor Crumb is a Triwizard Tournament champion for his wizarding school. The Durham String Institute is known. I don't like that. I call it an institute. Why? I don't know. Do they call that that in the book? I've never heard of no, it. No, I think they just say Dormspring. Yeah. Um, it's known as one of the leading schools for magic in all of Europe. Set in the northern uh, realm of the continent, producer David Heyman talks about the fierce, cool attitude of the Dormspring boys. 
They're quite austere and intimidating. And so are their wands. Victor carries a wand whose handle resembles a bird's head. <laughs> a nod to the eagle symbol of the Durmstrang Institute. It's thick and roughly cut with a natural curve. That's what it looks like. I still think it's like messy. It does messy. look like messy. It does. <laughs> um, so then the spell that um, Ollivander uses is Avis, which is the Latin word for bird. So small birds, um, small birds, small birds. Uh, can I tell you about some small birds? <laughs> they blast out of the wand, um, and then they fly out the window, and then Ron or Ron, Ooh. like Hermione and her birds on run. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's why I wanted to say Ron. And then Ollivander's like, "Your wand's good. Bye." Uh, <laughs> and now it's the man of the hour, the guy that put his name in the goblet of fire fifty times just so he could be picked. <laughs> Harry's turn. Oh so he hands his wand over and Ollivander's eyes suddenly gleam and he says, yes, yes, how well I remember. Ooh. And he, it's almost like, yeah, he got excited. Like he's, he's like happy to look at wands, but he got really excited about looking at Cedric's because that's one of his. And then like he didn't care about the other ones, but I think he probably was like kind of cool. This is a Gregorovich wand. And he's like, my crowning jewel, baby. <laughs> <laughs> And so I'm going to read from the book because it says, um, Ollivander's like, I remember. And Harry's like, yeah, bro, me too. <laughs> so he says, four summers ago on his 11th birthday, he had entered Mr. Ollivander's shop with Hagrid to buy a wand. Mr. Ollivander had taken his measurements and then started handling, handing him wands to try. Harry had waved what felt like every wand in the shop until at last he found the one that suited him. This one, which was made of holly, 11 inches long, and contained a single feather from the tail of a phoenix. Mr. Ollivander had been very surprised that Harry had been so compatible with this wand. Curious, he said. Curious. And not until Harry asked what was curious had, what was curious, had Mr. Ollivander explained that the phoenix feather in Harry's wand had come from the same bird that supplied the core of Lord Voldemort's. Also, it came from uh, our beaky friend. Oh my god. Foxy Fox. Oops. Who is also uh, Credence's Phoenix. Yeah, I'm on board with that. Yep, <laughs> That's not canon yet. But it <laughs> That's will for be. anyone listening. That's Swish and Flicks canon. That's Swish and Flicks canon. Hex canon, yeah. Hex canon. What is that word? I, I, I... <laughs> so Harry is hoping that Ollivander... Um, won't tell the room that little tidbit about the connection to Voldemort's wand because he himself hadn't told anybody. And I said, this information comes in handy to know at the end of this book mm-hmm. with their little connection mm-hmm. at the graveyard. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, here, remember, these wands have a connection. Remember this by the end of the book. Yeah, she really just throws things out there for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to pick for up sure. the... But not for you. They're not intended for you to pick up the first time. Yes. No. Little Correct. breadcrumbs. It's just so casual. It's like know? a parfait, you know? You gotta keep digging for those delicious little layers. Start with beef, so I take with beef. So I <laughs> you have ladyfingers, some jam. <laughs> uh, which I made from scratch. It was the custard she made from scratch. So Ollivander took much longer looking at Harry's wand than the rest of the other champions. And I said, um, I'm wondering if, one, if he's just admiring his handiwork. Mm-hmm. And two, if he thinks both Harry and Voldemort's wand are his crowning glories. Because he was saying in the first time when Harry goes to, like, get that wand, 
he was saying, he's like, you're going to be, you're going to do great things. Mm -hmm. He's like, cause the owner of the other one did great things. Terrible. Yes. But great. So I wonder if he's thinking like these two wands, like powerful are, are crazy. You know, Mm -hmm. like you see all the stuff that Baltimore's done with it. And then all the things that Harry's going to do with it. Like he's he's like, I made, yeah. He knows that Harry's going to be bananas. Yeah. Um, and so then he makes wine flow from his cup. And I said, well, where's my glass? Um, and then he's like, it's in perfect condition. So then I figured I will tell you, well, I mean, do you guys want me to read about his wand? Cause we've read about it. Holly is one of the rare wands, um, woods traditionally considered to be protective. It works smokes happily with those who may need overcoming a, a tendency to anger and impetuity. How do you say that? Impetuosity. At the same time, Holly wands often choose owners who are engaged in some dangerous and often spiritual quest. You don't Harry. Holly is one of those wands that varies most dramatically in performance depending on the wand core, and it is notoriously difficult wood to team with Phoenix Feather. Hmm. hmm. As the wood's volility, that's not what it says, um, conflicts strangely with the Phoenix's detachment. In the unusual event of such parent, it is an ideal match, however, and nothing and nobody can stand in their way. Which is interesting because those two battle each other. Well, what is his? I don't know what you. his is, but Voldemort's yeah. is you. I like I like the idea that like nothing and no one. Like that's mm-hmm. why that wand and Harry. They battle. You're gonna win. So Phoenix, it's the rarest core type. Phoenix that feathers is. are capable capable of capable. the greatest range of magic. <laughs> though they make take they may take longer than either unicorn or dragon course to reveal this. They show the most in what is that initiative sometimes acting of their own accord, a quality that many witches and wizards dislike own accord. So own accord seven Phoenix feather wands are always the pickiest when it comes to potential owners for the creature from which they are taken is often the most independent and detached in the world. These wands are the hardest to tame and to personalize, and their allegiance is usually hard won. Mm. That's my core. Interesting. I don't think it's mine. I don't remember what mine is. If I'm being honest. Mine is nine and three quarters, Hazel, Phoenix. I don't remember and any it's of mine. Described as boss. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so from the wand book um, on Harry Potter. His is not with the section of the, the tournament champions. His is the very first wand in the book. So it says, Harry Potter, famous as the boy who lived, acquires his first wand at the age of 11 during his first trip to Diagon Alley to buy school supplies before attending Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. The wand that chooses Harry and Ollivander's shop is said to be of Hollywood with the Phoenix Feather core. The wand prop seen on set is smooth and unassuming in its design. And Harry and Potter... Harry Potter Potter and the Order of Phoenix, except it's Prisoner of Azkaban. Oh my god. (laughs) What is going on? I don't know. In Prisoner of Azkaban, director Alfonso Cuaron offered the actors an opportunity to upgrade their wands. Actor Daniel Radcliffe chose a new wand prop with a handle retaining its outer bark, suggesting that it had been whittled from a single root or branch. It is crafted from Indian rosewood, interesting, which has a deep red color. The bark seen on um, Harry's wand was sculpted, but the carving was done on real wood. 
the top of the wand was cast from a tree burr. This organic design makes it seem more mysterious and magical, says art director Hattie Story. I like it. It's um, so hairy. I do too. I like and it. I also like to point out that Daniel Radcliffe is that they had to keep making him wands <laughs> because he would pretend to like have a drum set and wore them out. Mm-hmm. He broke so many of them. There's some crazy number of how many he went through. It's a lot yeah. though. <laughs> Um, I also like that they would like search all every cast member and like extras, yeah. like to make sure you weren't taking a wand home. Did anybody get one out? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, so I bet you some of the actual real like core cast did, but I don't know. Yeah. Um. So then Dumbledore dismisses them, saying that they can go back to their classes, and he's like, actually, just go to dinner because classes are almost over. Mm-hmm. Um. But then Bagwood's like, wait, 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 we gotta take pictures. Pixar didn't happen. What? <laughs> Pixar didn't happen. Oh, I, you said it so fast. I didn't understand. So uh, the pictures took a while with the group shots because every because because Madame Maxim wherever she um, like stood cast a shadow, so oh. the light was terrible. So what they ended up doing is like she sat and everyone stood around her. Um, Karkaroff, just funny, kept twirling his mustache. Mm. Um, and then Crumb slunk into the shadows, which is, Harry's like, for being, he thought he, he'd be used to being this because he's an international mm-hmm. Quidditch star, so he'd be used to, like, getting his picture taken and stuff. And then the photographer kept trying to bring Fleur to, like, the front, like, to be front and center. But Rita kept grabbing Harry and dragging him to be, like, the greater prominence, like, wanted him mm-hmm. to be the star. So then they finally got their solo shots, and then they were free to go. So then Harry just wanted to go to dinner, and uh, so he goes, and the poor guy sits by himself. This is not funny. It's sad. Sits alone at the end of the Gryffindor table, um, and because, you know, no one was there. I don't even know where Hermione was. Probably in the library. Mm. So he goes back to his room. Um, so Ron's there, and he's like, dude, you have an owl, um, and that we have detention with Snape tomorrow. Don't be late. And then Ron leaves the room, and then Harry, like, almost wants to go follow him, like, and he's like, I don't even know, it says, like, I don't even know if I want to go and talk to him, or, like, hit him. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But he really wants to know what the letter says, and because he's, like, I'm assuming it's from Sirius, because the owl is a school owl. Mm -hmm. So I will read you what Sirius replied. Harry. 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 I can't say everything I would like to in a letter. It's too risky in case the owl is intercepted. We need to talk face to face. Can you ensure that you are alone by the fire in Gryffindor Tower at one o'clock in the morning on the 22nd of November? I know better than anyone that you can look after yourself. And while you're around Dumbledore and Moody, I don't think anyone will be able to hurt you. However, someone seems to be having a good try. Entering you in the tournament would have been very risky, especially under right under Dumbledore's nose. Be on the watch, Harry. I still want to hear about anything unusual. Let me know about the 22nd of November as quickly as you can. Serious. 22nd of November? That would have been a Tuesday. It was that a Thursday. That is the day Marty and I started dating. Sick. Ooh. It was the 22nd of November. You is easy because the chapter's over. Lightning bolt round questions? Um, why is Tiffany so 
Super cool. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I kind of already asked one when I asked about Rita. Yeah. Whose wand out of the four champions do you like the best? Look-wise or... Look-wise. Floors is very cool. Yeah, floors. floors. God, it's so darn floor. it. Get over it. I like Get table's wand, personally. I Get over it. <laughs> I like Fleur and I like crumbs. Fleur. Fleur. Table? Fleur. Yeah, floor and table. Oh my god. <laughs> We're gonna have some words. <laughs> I like Cedric's. Of course you do. I just like how Ollivander describes it, that's uh-huh. It's got a story behind it. It's cool. What else? What? This was a packed chapter. Yeah. I, I feel like it's... Do I don't even know? know what I read, or said, or did. You I did... feel like this is like three Not episodes much directly. <laughs> I'll say that. I just am so tired. No, I mean... Like, can you believe that in the beginning of this episode, we were talking about how Harry didn't want to go down to the Great Hall for breakfast? Yeah, <laughs> like, GH, was, man. It's just so much. General Hospital. Yeah. General Hospital. Well, think. What would you have brought Harry instead of Toasties? Probably Sausages. sausage. Jinx, you owe me a Coke. French toast. Ooh. I think of something easy to eat. An egg sandwich. Ooh. It's easy to eat. Easy to carry, you know? Yeah. yeah. Would I would have brought have... him two handfuls of cream of wheat. <laughs> <laughs> would you have retaliated in any way against Snape if you had witnessed the whole confrontation with Hermione? I'd have to. I'd have to. That's one of those moments where, I like, me too. I'd reach deep down in my puffness and be like, this is one of those times you gotta speak up. Yeah. And I would. Yeah. I think I'd be like, um, you mean. And then he would be like, detention! (laughs) But it would make me feel better. Yeah. Sometimes you, like, there's just times where you gotta stand up. And I feel like that's, that would make me feel like that's one of those times. For true. I agree. Do we want to go to the fan story? story? Three little ghosties sitting on their posties, eating burnt toasties, telling big boasties. Oh my god! <laughs> That's the book. It's called Three Little Ghosties. You're That's welcome. so cute. You're welcome. You're welcome. Yes, fan story, please. Okay, so this week comes from Cheyenne Foster. Hey, Cheyenne. Hey. My love for Harry Potter is very new. I obviously knew about the movies and had friends that were completely obsessed. Did they have hornbeam wands? But I never fell in love with the series until about three years ago. Thank you. I distinctly remember attempting to read the books in sixth grade, 2008 and 2009. Okay. (laughs) I had always excelled in reading, but was struggling so hard to get through the first book. So inevitably, I gave up. Get out of here! I gave up. I would watch the movies when they would come on, but I never truly paid any attention. This was until I met my now fiancé, Wesley. He has a younger sister, Amy, and she was in love with the book series. We spent a lot of time together, and she finally convinced me to give Harry Potter another shot. We began my obsession slowly. First, her and I spent all day at their parents' house binge-watching the movies. She has the box set. Then in June of 2017, I went with her family to Disney World. While on this trip, we took two days off to go to Universal Orlando. While I was thoroughly enjoyed... 
thoroughly entertained with the Dr. Seuss area. I was teaching pre-K at the time, and Dr. Seuss was life. Come on, Dr. Mm. Seuss is life. Amy, life. Amy was dying to get to the Wizarding World. As we walked over, I was not emotionally prepared for how amazing it, it was going to be. However, I felt as though I didn't truly appreciate everything because I hadn't read the books yet. So long, pointless story short, I bought the first three books at Half Price Books and began reading right away. When now, when now have a trip... To we, we now. now have a trip planned for November 2019 for my birthday. I can't wait to see how reading the books will change how I view everything. That's awesome. How how all this led to me finding y'all's podcast is kind of funny. So thanks again, thanks to Amy again, I began listening to podcasts. I figured I'd start with something I love, Disney. I'm sure you know where this is going now. This led me to discovering grown-up kids. I started listening on my way to work and became hooked. I heard Katie and Megan mention Swish and Flick and decided to give it a try. I mean this from the bottom of my heart. I truly adore this podcast. I love what y'all do and how funny y'all are. I'm currently on episode number eight. I don't know when this was given to us, so I don't know how far along she is now. So I know I have a lot of catching up to do, but I can truly say that listening to you four is the absolute best part of my day. By the way, I'm totally the Slytherin version of Sarah, Irish and all. <laughs> I just felt like typing the email, small novel, to let y'all know how appreciated y'all are. This is also why I chose to become a patron. Thank you. Thank I you. have never in my life been brought so much joy just listening to people talk about a subject so passionately. Thank, Thanks y'all for so much. <sighs> thanks y'all so, so much for everything. Cheyenne, thank you. Thank you. That's thank a you. cool like story. It just blows my mind when people like say we like we bring them joy. Like that is so awesome. Yeah, you bring no one joy ever. I bring Alana joy. God, she's so cute. I can't stand it. it makes me sick. We oh, appreciate God. that you wouldn't toss us out like that Marie lady says to because we bring you joy. But here's <laughs> oh my God. Here's <laughs> the thing. Marie, that lady that tells you Maria to Kondo. throw things out. Oh, it doesn't that lady. Joy. I'm not about that they life. Get rid of it. Have you guys ever thought about going back and listening? Because I wonder what hooks people in those first episodes. Because I truly don't know what they're like. <laughs> I'm scared. I, I'm like embarrassed it. to go back and listen. I don't ever want to listen to the first episode. I'm sure it's horrendous. Actually, because oh, all I... it is is you and I and all of us talking, and everyone's talking, and we're all talking all at the same oh, time. Gosh. No, it's really good. I listened to it actually not too long ago. Just the first one. I really enjoy it. It's us talking about our houses and like just our personalities and what our wands are and it's really cute i like it we're cute we're cute you know who else is cute cheyenne yeah shout out to you i'm glad that you know we all find potter in our own ways and sometimes we need a nudge from somebody or a nudge from ourselves or whatever so i can't wait to hear an update from you of you going back to the wizarding world so please like send us an email or something post on the page i want to know also thank you for listening to grown-up kids we really appreciate that you're a grown-up kid and a swisher being a patron and Mm -hmm. a patron thank you all right social media social media you can find us on facebook at swish and flick podcast and on twitter and instagram at swish flick cast you can subscribe to our channel on youtube i've been randomly posting katie and mine's harry potter related vlogs from our trip to the swish and flick page in case people are already subscribed there so that you can find them so if you're interested you can check those out also i'm working on our vlog of new york so that that will be posted hopefully shortly 
And um, I literally was like, when did you guys go to New York? <laughs> <laughs> um, also, you oh can join God. us on Patreon to gain access to the Felix Files at patreon.com forward slash swishflickcast. And a lot more than that, too. Go check it out. Yeah, lots more. And it's it just recently relaunched, so go check that out. Because when this comes out, it will have. Woo-hoo. Also, check out our website, swishflickcast.com, to find all that info in one spot, along with all of our merchandise. Yep. Yup. Tiff, I what's bet. going on with you? Um. Getting old. It's almost your birthday. Oh gosh, when does this come out? Oh no, will it already have been your birthday? No, it'll well, already have been mine. Oh, happy birthday, Sarah! Happy, happy birthday! Sarah. You're okay. <laughs> um, I wanted to plug another podcast. No, we don't do that here. That we sent some fun things to. Yeah. Um. So they said their episodes are going to start airing May 2nd and go each Thursday in May. And that podcast is called We Watched a Thing. So they are going to be binge watching the Harry Potter movies and they're going to be doing it in a fun adult way. And so we sent them um, a little drinking game. Yeah, some drinking game rules. Yeah, it sounds fun. Yes. So. I I will say I don't know if they use adult language or not. So just yeah. be wary of all of that. We don't know if they're PG, PG thirteen, R rated. So what you have to do is you have to just be weary. Yes. <laughs> Going in. No. Um really cool. Um, really nice to chat with them. They are on Twitter at We Watched a Thing. It says join t- Whoops, I clicked out. Join two best friends, one cameraman, and one visual effects artist as they catch up and talk movies. So, I thought that was pretty cool. And one that they have pinned, their pinned post, is they did The Princess Bride. That's a good movie. That's my sister's favorite movie. Yeah, so I wanted to plug them because we worked a little bit with them. And we're going to be working with a few other people, hopefully, pretty soon and get those out to you. But, um... I don't know, guys. I have, like, two months left of school, and I'm chomping at the bit. <laughs> I feel ya. Except I don't get a summer break. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tis the field I chose. Yeah. Lucky. But what what am I doing? What am I doing? I started a new workout program. It's going pretty well. I'm sore. I can't walk. I can't sit down. Uh, Alana's cool. God, she's literally the cutest thing She has, like, life. eight teeth. It's out of She's like a T-Rex. She She's is. like nine months going on nine. Oh, gosh. She's eating, like, actual food now. Like, tonight she had, like, a little bites of hamburger and potato and peas. Ugh. And... She roared like a lion today. Yeah. She gives high fives. She's so cute. She's awesome. Marty is as hot as ever. Ugh. <laughs> We're thriving. We're thriving <laughs> We're thriving. in the Valley House. We're thriving. <laughs> All right. You, Maggie. Thank you. Next. <laughs> um, Katie and I are now daily vlogging because why not throw something else into the mix? So how, how, how's that going? Well, I don't know because technically we haven't started yet, right? <laughs> but <laughs> when this comes out, we will have been doing it for a week. 
So um, you can follow us. We've actually changed our YouTube channel from Main Street Nine and Three Quarters to the Petrus Family to make it a little bit more broad. You're and the file. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're we're still gonna sprinkle in our UK trips every. We haven't decided what day, but there's going to be one day a week that you'll get two vlogs for a while until we catch up with all of our extra footage. And, um, yeah, I mean, like, you can just... It's it's not going to be, like, we're going to do something super exciting every single day. We're literally just, like, making a vlog so that we have a record of our life. Mm -hmm. It's just something fun that we want to do. Yeah, it's like a live journal, and I like editing videos. It's really fun for me. Um, I love recording stuff, so I just am excited. We're also going to be recording our fertility journey on there as well because our first appointment is coming up in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. So we'll get the ball That's rolling on that. Exciting. I'm so ready for it. Are you ready for it? So ready. <laughs> So yeah, go follow us at the Petrus family. All of our social media has changed too. So if you were following Main Street nine and three quarters, it's now called the Petrus family, except we are going to have to make a new Facebook page. So go like it, please, because Facebook's dumb. Um, I don't know what to plug. Whimsy. Sure. Yeah. So Megan and I have a design, like actual, like professional design business. So if you guys need anything designed from identity, like logos or branding or if you just need like an invite for something or you need something for your wedding hit us up at uh whimsy creative design at gmail.com and on instagram and facebook whimsy Mm -hmm. creative design yep shoot us a message better uh get those free invites made for me Uh (laughs) or i'll pay you in gum I'll pay him fruit stripe gum it stays good (laughs) for like two seconds oh my god (laughs) fruit stripes gum what are you doing pretty little girl just trying to survive. I made it through. Well, who knows? As of right now, I'm hoping to make it to another birthday. Might oh, not have happened. I only own today. You're an idiot. Um, but yeah, I don't have anything going on. Just trying to figure out school stuff. I had to talk to a man about education. Just working nine to five, except that's a lie. I work seven to seven. <laughs> oh, watching Alana. Yeah, I watch. The Beeb. Gearing up for my next vacation, which isn't for two months, so I really have nothing to gear up for. Yet. 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 You're getting a new bookshelf. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of broke my Harry Potter bookshelf, so I have to get another one, so I'm going to Ikea. I think you said that you tried to move it, and it was like, nope. Yeah. (laughs) I moved it because I rearranged my room because I got a new bed, and, uh... Moved the bookshelf and something like fell. I'm like, oh, that's weirder than it looked. I was like, oh, the bookshelf fell. And then I tried to put it back together and it was like, nope. So I like put it, I took all of my books off of it and put them back on. And it literally was like, no, honey, we're over holding all of your things. Do you think it pulled a Humpty Dumpty? I don't know. I just know that the bookshelf was very cheap, like inexpensive. So now I'm going to shell out some cash, which is fine. It's only like a hundred bucks, which isn't bad for a bookshelf. Mm. The one I want. It's long. It's long, not tall. Gotcha. I, I like, like those. those. Going on the Jinx side. That like my wall is funky. Are Cokes vegan? Yes. Yep. That'd be sick if they weren't. Well, I don't know. 
There's You'd be like... surprised at the stuff that's not vegan. <sighs> McDonald's Ugh. fries are not vegan. It's because of what they're fried in. Right. Probably because they're fried in the same stuff that everything else is fried no, in. No, there's like a beef powder or something that's put in them. Uh, same with really? Wendy's fries, I think. Wendy's and McDonald's you know, fries are not vegan. They used to be cooked in lard. Yeah. Like yeah. Apparently they taste better, but you know, they're horrendous for you. Mm-hmm. Well, oh I yeah, mean... Katie and I are vegan now, so if anybody has good vegan recipes, email them to us. Thanks. Appreciate it. Oh my gosh. It's going well Tis- so far. Tis all, friends? Yep. Yeah. Okay. So that concludes this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening, and don't let the muggles get you down. <gasps> Amazing! Just my voice! <laughs> oh, God, I literally wanted to call him Cedric Wood earlier when I was writing all these <laughs> notes. And I'm like, it's Oliver Wood. Like, I don't know what was wrong with me. Ready to get sultry? Oh, what say? Yeah. Dear wishes. Everybody's Ad- gonna score. Adventure is out there. <laughs> yeah, come down and like we'll do whatever. Okay, whatever. I said, "Why do you hate me?" And he says, "Cause you're so cool." It was just like, "Thank you," is what I sounded well, like. Well, maybe we should start over then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs>